Hey there, it's Tyson Sharp here. And if you're looking for confidence and clarity on how to follow your heart's calling, especially how to navigate the waters of fear of failure and judgment, this is the episode for you. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Awaken Your Business podcast. My name's Tyson Sharp. And if it's also your mission to heighten consciousness, yes, you are a light worker. And it's in this podcast where you execute that heart's mission by integrating your spiritual and business growth. This is what I call stepping into the role of the heart-centered CEO. This is the version of you who knows the numbers, you know how to grow an audience, you know how to create more impact and more income. But every business strategy is done through the filter of love, compassion, consciousness, and contribution. So when you're ready, take a deep breath, and I'll see you on the inside. Hello to you, my online family. Uh, This is a call for you if you have this calling, this inner guidance that says this is your path, this is your expansion, and yet you have all these obstacles in the way. And the reason why this is for you is because I have Joe Hawley here. I love this chat, and the reason being is because he left a an NFL career of eight seasons to follow what was in his next expansion, in his next calling. And leaving the NFL and being in a being in a space of guidance offered a lot of challenges, not only for him but for his family. And so we go into everything here. What we, start to, what we start to really dive in deep on is how to follow your calling despite the fear, how to trust through the, that unknown, how to navigate the pressures of family and, and other external factors, how to separate from the ego's identity, and how to love more fully even through the triggers. I'll give you a short bio of Joe Hawley here. Uh, he played offensive line in the NFL for eight seasons with both Atlanta Falcons and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In 2017, as I just described, he realized his heart and body just weren't, wasn't in it anymore and he decided to walk away. And that's when everything started to shift for him. He gave away everything to charity. He, uh, he rescued a dog, na- named her Freedom, bought a van and just hit the road. Just went out on a trip that really changed his life. He went on this spiritual journey, this spiritual journey to really find himself and find out who and what he is and what he's here for. And so now he's on the journey to inspire others uh, to find themselves through his writing, speaking, coaching. He's the founder of the Heart Collective, that's uh, H-A-R-T Collective, an online community and group coaching program for former athletes. And And he's currently writing a book as well. But his true passion is really helping former athletes re-identify themselves, re-find their passion and their purpose here in this world outside of the game. And so that's why I say if you have this calling, if you have this, this guidance that is calling you to something outside your comfort zone, you're going to get a lot from Joe. He drops so much wisdom here and uh, it's, it's not only inspiring, but it's insightful. For him to, to hear his experience of what he went through and what his family went through, this identity shift of shifting from a, a superstar in sports to really going on a more of a humble journey and in, in, in sharing these, you know, sharing this inner guidance and this inner wisdom, helping other people do the same. So feel free to connect with Joe. 
He's on Instagram. I've linked down his uh, his in in the uh, show notes all about his website, everything like that, where you can find out more about him. Please connect with him. He's an incredible, incredible guy. You're going to love this interview. Feel free to take notes and uh, look forward to hearing what your insights were. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode, guys, of the Awaken Your Business podcast. I have Joe Hawley here. If you're a fan of NFL, which I don't watch much of, but if you're a fan, his name probably sounds familiar. Being in, in the NFL for a long time and for eight years, I believe, and being in a, in a space of just doing what you love and, and being in, a, in, in that space. The reason why Joe's here is to be an example and to share some tips of truly following your heart. Because I know it's very clear that when we, we get into a, our own lane and we start succeeding, it's very challenging when our heart pulls us in another direction. And mm. all the fears, doubts, frustrations come up. And I love stories like this because it, it, sure, it, it just goes into an understanding of how our heart's calling is more than anything that the 3D world can throw at us. And following your heart full time is what I describe is, is truly the gift that we're here to give. So if at some level you're feeling like you're being pulled or you're being called in a, in a direction of that's your highest mission, your highest excitement, but then there's some challenges that come up along the way of what are people going to think or how does that look and how does that work and how do I succeed at it? And uh, if that's coming up for you, this is going to be a conversation uh, with plenty of tips to write down, plenty of notes to take. But Joe, how are you going, my friend? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. I'm excited about the conversation. No problem. You're very, very welcome. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pleasure. I know when you reached out and I started reading your story, I'm like, man, this guy is an example. It, it's not just, you, you don't just teach about it. Like you're living it. You're actually following your heart and doing what feels most aligned despite what your mind might be you know, going in terms of some crazy directions. Right. So I'd love for, I'd love for you to share a bit more about your story of how you got into all this how you got into building the company you have now and non-for-profits, all that sort of different stuff and how you sort of went from NFL of a, you know, living the dream to, to shifting and creating something, something else of yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So my name is Joe Holly. I played in the NFL for eight seasons, um, five with the Atlanta Falcons, three with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and had a very up and down career when I was playing. Um, I lost my starting job five different times and every single time, it was from a different scenario, but, you know, it was just a highly competitive environment and it was really challenging to continue to have to prove myself over and over again. But every time I lose my starting job, I'd get out there and have to work my way back up. Um, and there's a, a long journey with a lot of lessons in that eight year career. Um, but you know, my body started breaking down physically. Um, you know, the, the, the mental and emotional strain that playing at such a high level takes on you. Um, you know, it was really challenging. And so came to a point in 2017 when I decided it was going to be my last season playing football. Um, I knew it was going to be my last season when I, when I went into week one, which I think is very rare for professional athletes. Most athletes, their careers, you know, ended before they're ready for whatever reason, whether they get cut, hurt, um, you know, and I was one of the lucky few that was able to decide when my career was going to be over. Although, you know, I probably wish I could have kept playing, but just there was something inside me like you talked about earlier, telling me it was time to move on. And 
I was able to spend that whole last year really being present with the experience through all the challenges, you know, all the good times and just being really grateful for everything that was unfolding. Cause I knew this is, I was trying to soak it all up. And at the same time, I was going through a huge personal transition with my relationship. I was engaged at the time. And so that was, that made the, the year even more tough. Um, and then what I realized walking away from the NFL you know, I was always someone that was very aware of the story that that football is something I did. It was not who I was. And I tried to make sure my identity wasn't wrapped up in, in it. But I don't think I gave it enough credit because, you know, I played for 16 years of my life. Excuse me. I played for 16 years of my life. And, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to say while you're playing, like, this is just something I'm doing. It's not who I was. And, uh, you know, that kind of hit me like a ton of bricks and I was finally, finally done playing during the, that final year I ended up transitioning out of my, my relationship was, which was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. Um, and then, you know, a few weeks later ended up playing my final football game. And a part of me was really excited about what was coming next. Um, I was ready for the new challenge. Um, I wanted to experience the freedom from the game because although it was my dream to play there, it became sort of a prison of my own creation, right? Like, I felt like it became such a piece of who I am. I wanted to experience what the freedom was like from that. And so all of that being said, I was really surprised a few weeks after my final game when I was just like, holy shit, like who, who am I without this thing and my relationship? And I just was going through such a huge life transition, like everything, the whole old way of being was in the rearview mirror and I didn't really know what to do. I just knew I had to get moving. And so what I decided to do was I gave away all of my possessions to charity. I watched a, uh, a documentary on Netflix called Minimalism and uh, are the minimalists. Um, I think they just came out with a new one on Netflix too, uh, around two of that. But that really inspired me to, you know, going through this huge transition. I wanted to know what life would be like without all of the stuff that I had accumulated, not just the physical stuff, but all of the stories about who I was and thought, how I thought or what it meant to be successful in life. And so I gave away all my possessions to charity. I bought a van. I rescued a dog from the lo local shelter. I named her Freedom. And we hit the road and traveled the country for the better part of two years. And what, what was going to be just a few months to kind of experience my freedom and go on this road trip turned into a lifestyle change. I learned so much about myself. It was more of a spiritual journey than anything. And, you know, towards the end of my career, um, you know, while I was playing football, I always wanted to be a, a coach, a football coach when I was done playing because I loved the game that much. But after playing for so long, I realized that I wanted to have a bigger impact in the world. And I realized that I could do that through a journey of entrepreneurship and creating a, a purpose-driven business. And so I started diving into all these business books, trying to learn as much as I could. And so when I hit the road, it was a kind of a cool opportunity for me to dive into the business world a little bit. So I created a, a blog and honestly, I did it to kind of write off the gas mileage and get my feet wet in the business world, like creating just a little small business. And I decided to share the journey through that blog via social media, YouTube, which is a really fun creative outlet. And then I, you know, kept track of, of the gas mileage. I actually created a Shopify store where I sold some merchandise. And so I was just kind of getting my feet wet with the, the business journey, as well as, you know, traveling and experiencing my freedom. And on that journey, I definitely found myself in a very deep and profound way. Um, you know, we can talk more about my entrepreneurial journey. I got into a few different endeavors as well, but ended up, you know, towards, you know, a year and a half into that trip, I was still questioning with myself, like, what is my purpose? What am I here to do? Which I think a lot of former athletes, a lot of people really in general, I'm sure a lot of your listeners, 
they feel called to do something bigger with their lives and they just don't really know what it is. And so I felt this call to be of service in a bigger way. And so it hit me that the one thing that's really missing from the transition out of professional sports, because even me walking away on my own terms, um, it was still really challenging in a lot of unique ways and stuff that you can't really prepare for until you go through it. And so that led me to create the business I'm working on now, which I launched uh, about four months ago called the Heart Collective. And it's a community built exclusively for former male professional athletes to help them in the transition process. Because what I found is, you know, on my spiritual journey and my self-development growth, um, you know, putting the mirror, looking in the mirror and focusing on the stories and the lens in which I view reality and uncovering that the discipline and mental toughness and the way I've been able to handle my doubts and limiting beliefs through my football journey has really laid a strong foundation for the self-development journey and the spiritual path. And so creating this community, part of the intention behind that is there, these are not only really powerful individuals, really powerful beings that can really have an impact, but they have a lot of influence. They're the role models of our culture and our society, especially in America. And so my vision is to really bring these guys together in a community to help support them on this journey outside of football, outside of all professional sports, in order to find themselves on a deeper level and hopefully have a bigger impact in the world as a collective. Powerful. A few, a few questions come from that. Uh, I'd love to dive in deep into, into, you know, some of the details, but one thing I, I, I'm curious about because a lot of us, a lot of people listening won't necessarily understand the position that these athletes are in, in terms of reaching, you know, the highest of highs, reaching the, the highest form of playing the sport they love and then moving away from it. And I know you would talk, you talked about, throughout your career, you saw foot, you saw football and the, and the NFL as something that it wasn't who you are. Did any answer come through in terms of who you are? Did, did, did you associate it with something else or did you have any sort of, um, you know, spiritual understanding of who you are if you're not football? Yeah. I mean, while I was playing, I don't think I realized how much of a part of my identity actually was, um, you know, because they, they do, you know, provide a lot of resources. And, and there's always people in your ear trying to say, you know, make sure you have a backup plan, make sure you know, this isn't going to last forever, make sure you know what you're going to do. But it's challenging, because in order to make it at that high a level, you have to be so singularly focused on achieving that goal, that you can't have a backup plan, because as soon as you do, you're going to take it because it's that challenging and that difficult. And I've always been a seeker of truth. I've always wanted to understand the universe on a deeper level. I grew up in a Christian household and, you know, that never really vibed with me, the dogmatic narrow vision of re what reality is and the belief systems that you kind of have to adopt. And, you know, I've always had questions around that as well. And so it wasn't until about halfway through my career when I started meditating that I really started. And I was, you know, I had this real resistance to the idea of meditation from my Christian upbringing. And even my dad to this day will say it's like some kind of Eastern mysticism or, or a way that the devil can get into your mind. Like that's kind of where my beliefs were growing up. And it wasn't until about halfway through my career, I was with the Falcons and then these, these mindset coaches came in and they pitched meditation as this tool to help decrease anxiety, help you deal with, you know, this, the, the, the hard, you know, ships of the NFL and the hyper competitive environment, you know, to help increase your performance on the field, your focus. And so that really was like, okay, it's just a, it's a, it's a tool to help strengthen my mind. It doesn't really need to be a spiritual thing. And so that's when I decided to start really diving in and I started researching and looking at the, 
you know, all the science behind it, they have these fMRI scans of these brains that really just light up when people meditate and they, you know, and so all, at that time, all the stuff about CTE and brain trauma was coming out. So I really wanted to be proactive with my, my brain. And so that's what kept me with meditation. Cause I know a lot of people who start meditating, they say, you know, a story around like something like I'm not, I'm not good at it or it just doesn't work for me. My mind's, you know, races too much, but that's really the whole point, right? Is to become aware of your thoughts. And so doing that research and being proactive to try and take care of my brain health is really what, what made me stick with it because it was just as challenging for me as, as anybody. I was sitting there like, you know, just sitting for five minutes and just realizing how fast my mind races and how much I couldn't focus. And, you know, that was, you know, probably eight years ago now. And now I have a really deep meditation practice. It's, it's opened me up in ways that I couldn't have imagined at the time, as far as understanding who I am on a deeper level, you know, the stories that, you know, cloud the lens in which I view reality. And I've been able to work through a lot of those stories on this deep healing journey I've been on since then. But that was really the kind of foundation that I, that I, I found while I was playing. But still, you know, it wasn't until I was done playing when I was, you know, it was that form of that ego death I had to experience of this piece of me that was such a part of who I was. I had to, you know, grieve that and let that go. And I had to tell myself a new story of who I was. And I'm so grateful that I decided to hit the road because when I was out on the road, I really was able to have space and time with myself. And, you know, driving is just a, a meditation in itself. A lot of times I just drive in silence, um, listen to a lot of audiobooks, different uh, podcasts that really just expanded my mind and deepened my, my knowing of who I am on a, on a deeper level. Beautiful. I don't think you're listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast, were you, when you're, <laughs> when you're traveling around? That would be funny. The, uh, the, the thing I'm keen to know is what have you seen in the, by, the, by, the, uh, by the athletes, whether it be in NFL or other professional sport, when they do leave, what are the, what are the patterns that you've seen? Because you weren't, as it seemed like, not as attached to football as an identity, but it seemed like when you left, there was that, there was that death, there was that, you know, that, that attachment to this is, this is a part of me, this is who I am, it's, it's no longer. How have you seen other people navigate that in terms of what, what patterns come up for them uh, when they leave the sport? What are the challenges that you've seen they face and, and how, do they, how do they generally go through that process? Do most struggle? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it, it's really challenging in a lot of unique ways. Um, it's hard. I think this feeling of isolation and loneliness is what I dealt with. Um, you know, for I think a lot of people don't realize that you know, my identity, I had to figure out who I was without the game. But then all the people closest to me, like my, my parents and my fiance, this is part of the reason that we ended up breaking up. And there's obviously a lot of foundational issues in our relationship. But when I approached her and told her it was gonna be my last year playing football, she had a real hard time digesting that. And she was not supportive because her identity was just as lost in football as mine was. And she didn't know, she was worried about money, you know, and you know, my dad, the first thing he said is like, you know, he, he just uses dumbfounded that I would walk away from the, the dream that I had been working so hard for, say no to millions of dollars. And so walking away from the NFL was really challenging in a lot of ways because I didn't really feel supported. And it actually isolated me more from the people I love the most because their identity of me, you know, I, I was really estranged with my parents. And the one thing we had in common is like, oh, okay, I'm a, I'm a football player. And, you know, I felt like I was being treated more of a football player than their actual son. And so it created this distance and it's been a really beautiful journey hitting the road. And I've actually been on this really deep healing journey with my parents, which has been really beautiful showing up for who I am 
on a deeper level rather than just this this idea of being a football player. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of guys struggle with that. A lot of guys struggle with letting go. They don't know how to move through it. Um, they don't know how to properly grieve it. I think a lot of guys, they continue to try and stay in the NFL longer than they you know, can. Like they try and push through injury or maybe they fizzle out and they just try another year. Or maybe they're a rookie that didn't really make it. So they spend two or three years trying to get back into the league. And so it comes to a point where they finally have to come with terms like, okay, I'm never going to play this sport. And that's a really, really hard thing to do. It is. Yeah. And I know everyone listening can relate this because not only, not all of us have been NFL players, but a lot of us are attached to certain identities and it's, mm. it can be, it can be just as painful, right. To, to have you have this attachment where it says, this is who I am. And then when that, when you start realizing that that's actually not true and whether it is forced through circumstance, like for through injury, or maybe someone got fired from their job, or maybe they break up in a relationship and it's forced their way or in meditation, they realize the stories they've been telling themselves about who I am. That can be just as painful. That can be just as much of an insight and awakening. So I'm always, I'm always curious about those sort of questions. Cause as we go throughout our goals and follow our heart's journey, it can be a very, very good reminder along the way that the destination is not what we're after. And in fact, that's just allowing us to evolve as, as, you know, as, as spiritual beings, mm. but we, we can identify, we can, we can see the identities that we build along that journey and realize, okay, this needs to die now. It's ready for this, for me to let go of this. It's ready for me to find out who I am without that. Right. I think it's, it's really cool, but give me some indication on when you were playing NFL and you said you just had this knowing this calling that said you, you meant for something else. What did, what did that feel like? Did, give, give us an understanding of what that, what that was like. Yeah, it was a, it was a slow process. Um, you know, my, my seventh year, I almost walked away from the, from the game. And so I was prepared for a while. It was like a story that was, that was, you know, I was really, part of me was really looking forward to being done because of how hard it was on my body, physically, emotionally, mentally. And going through those challenges, I'm sorry. What was the question again? What was it like when you felt like you had this calling when you, when you felt like you had, there was something other than the sport that was, that was your part of your mission, even while you were playing, what, what was that like? Yeah, it was this, it was this whisper like deep in my soul that was, that was telling me it was time to move on. And then there was this other part of me that was questioning that. Right. And I think we all have that, that part of us that says maybe this relationship isn't isn't the best for us maybe there's something else out there maybe this job i'm not really happy but what else is there right and so when we start getting that whisper from our hearts telling us to move on or let go or there's something better out there for us we don't know what that is right so there's this there's this comfort in the known that we hold on to like you were talking about and to look out into the unknown is really scary it's really scary because you don't know, like the human nature, we want to, we want to know, but one of the most, one of the only truths that is an absolute truth is impermanence. Everything is impermanent. It's constantly shifting. And so for me to answer that call, it takes a lot of courage, right? It takes a lot of courage to say no. Like when I was going through that, that breakup with my relationship, I mean, I loved her deeply, but there was a piece of me that was like, you deserve better. 
you deserve better. And I, I could have settled with that relationship, but I, I knew I deserved better and it wasn't totally bad. Right. But it was like, I, it's not what I think it can be, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what that can be looked like. And so when I finally let go of all of it and I was sitting on my couch and I made this decision to, to hit the road, I didn't have any idea what it would be like living in a van or traveling, you know, looking back on it now, hindsight, like, holy shit, I'm so grateful I did it because it's led to the most incredible journey and growth ever. But to take that, that first step takes a lot of courage. But I truly believe that there's a greater plan in play, right? The universe, we have to learn to trust and have faith in that calling that's coming up. And I truly believe that if we have the courage to answer that call, the universe will guide us into the most magical experiences that we could ever dream up for ourselves. Mm. Give us some understanding on what you were, how the universe guided you. Once you left, you started traveling, you, you, you know, you bought a van, you, you started finding more of a, a spiritual path. How did you start to see the universe was guiding you to where, to where you are now? Yeah. I mean, it was just continuing to push myself outside my comfort zone. Um, it taught me a lot about who I am, what I'm capable of. Um, a lot of synchronicities, and in, in, when you're on the road, I think one of the cool things about being on the road and traveling is having to stay open. It like, you know, traveling forces you to be acutely present in the moment, mm-hmm. which is a really beautiful thing because you don't have a routine. You don't have, you know, some, you don't know what the next day is going to going to bring. And so you're constantly heading into the unknown. And that taught me a lot. And every time I'd step into the unknown, when I was uncomfortable, like some amazing experience happened. I remember one time, um, you know, I, I developed a little bit of a following on Instagram and I would reach out like, Hey, where should I go? And one person recommended I should go to this yoga festival up in Tahoe when I was in San Francisco. So like, okay. So I drove over there, bought a ticket, didn't know anybody. And I remember calling my sister who was my older sister. She's one of the only people that I really felt like understood me and got me at the time. And obviously I've done, th- gone through a lot of my own inner healing where I've connected with a lot of the people that I was kind of estranged from, but she was the one person that I kind of my anchor point when I decided to do this big trip. And I called her and I was like, Hey, I I don't, I don't really want to be here. I don't know why I'm here. Like, this is just really not what I thought it was. And I'll never forget. She was like, isn't this what you did this trip for? Like to get out of your, out of your comfort zone. Like you're uncomfortable right now. Like deal with it. Like go, go lean into it. I was like, okay. So I ended up staying for the whole weekend. And the very last day I ended up doing this, like, you know, silent disco party thing. And I met these, these two women that were these yogis and, they live in uh, Colorado and we got to know each other really well. And now they're like two of my best friends. Like I ended up going to Colorado and spending some time with them. They actually watched my dog while I went on this other trip and they're an intimate part of my life now. And if I wouldn't have leaned into that discomfort, then I would have never met them. But it was almost divine how that synchronicity happened because when we connected, it was like we, we already knew each other. And there was multiple times that happened throughout my trip. A lot of my really good friends that I have right now I met on the road because I was just open to the experience not trying to control it and you know a lot of people that you know follow me or they they, they're maybe thinking about doing the same thing and hitting the road they always ask me like hey what, what should I do how should I prepare like and I I always say the same two things don't don't bring as much as you think and don't plan the trip because if you plan the trip it's just going to create some more anxiety if you're not on you know on schedule, but be able to stay open to what the road has to offer. And it's such a, you know, metaphor for life, like be open to what the world has for you. And a lot of times 
the universe is calling us to something that is outside of our comfort zone. That's where real growth happens. And so it, it takes courage to lead, lean into that. But when we do, we learn that there's just amazing things out there, amazing growth opportunities to be had. Yeah, I resonate totally. When I took my trip to Canada, uh, I was there for two years. When I left, uh, my mum was freaking out because she's like, because I literally had no plan. I was going to go there and I was going to like, I went to Vancouver and tried to find my way. Um, and I totally resonate with that. It just allows you to be present because when you're, when you're in the moment, you don't know what you're going to do the next day. Uh, all, you, all you're looking to do is just like, what, what, what right now is the universe trying to show me of where I need to go next? Where's my, where's my one next step, right? And I think you've explained it perfectly because this is what I teach. It's, it's when you're following your heart, you will never know, you know, three, four, five steps ahead. If you're, if you're following your heart, your heart will just give you one next step. It's like the GPS in your car. It says, turn here, turn right, travel for 300 meters, take the next left. And, and it can be scary because your mind's trying to figure out what are the five steps that are going to help me get this result so that I can get this result from a place of safety, knowing I won't fail. Hmm. But when you're taking that one expansive step, that's like, my heart just says do this and I got no clue what's next. Like I said, it's, it's to leave, it's to leave the sport or it's to just get a van and go, you know, get a dog, rescue, <laughs> rescue a dog, name her freedom and just, and just, you know, start the journey. And, and that can be so terrifying for people because we have a, a pattern of safety. We have a pattern that we're conditioned to say, remain safe, remain in comfort and meet that need for certainty. Right. Mm. What, what advice would you right? give someone? What advice would you give someone that's like, okay, I know I'm meant to do something. I know I'm being called to this new thing, whether it's leave the job or start this YouTube channel or tell this person I love them, whatever it is, but they just are stuck in that stuck in safety and it feels too scary. What, what advice would you give someone? That on the other side of fear lies freedom. It's one of my favorite, favorite quotes. And I truly believe the things that scare us the most are the, it's the compass of what we should head towards, right? Because as, as we approach our fears and go towards the things that scare us, it's usually outside of our comfort zone. And that's where the most growth is going to happen. And you're going to realize that fear is just an illusion, right? There's a story that was created some, from some sort of experience when we were younger that told us it's not safe, whether that's you know our parents, our peers, our society we grew up in. The, all these stories that program us into it's not safe to go for our, after our dreams. And if we go towards the thing that scare us, that's usually where our purpose lies. That's where our vision lies. That's where the thing that we want to achieve lies. And it's like the universe's test, right? It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be just handed to you. And you're not going to be able to know what you're made of or who you are unless you go towards the things that scare you. And as if you keep using that as your compass, going towards the thing that scare you, you're going to keep moving that out of the way and conquering those fears. And you're going to realize you're capable of achieving and doing anything you put your mind to, because we are all that powerful. Mm. What do you think? What do you think the universe is, is testing you for now? Is there anything that's right now outside your comfort zone that, that's, that's scary, but feels expansive? What, what are the universe? What's the universe trying to teach you now? Yeah. I mean, with this business I'm building, man, I just, even this week I've been dealing with, you know, these, these feelings of doubt and fear are creeping in. 
um, whether I'm capable, you know, growing a business is really challenging. And that's the cool thing about being an entrepreneur is it puts you up against, you know, your, your fears and your limiting beliefs and your doubts constantly. It's, it's just entrepreneurship is just a, a personal growth journey, really, because even the business you're creating is a direct reflection. It's just a mirror of your own energy. And, you know, I'm creating a community. I've got five members. I got a few members in the pipeline. I'm, tr- I'm having trouble converting them because there's a lot of different with this kind of niche of a group with former athletes is this, I think a lot of people have tried to create what I'm kind of creating. I think I'm doing it in a little bit different angle, but it's really challenging for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, I've, I've worked through a lot of my own fears to even launch this company, but now as I'm working to grow it, you know, I'm coming up right up against, you know, my, my feelings of doubt if I'm capable and, you know, just continuing to, to trust mm-hmm. and know that this thing is, is bigger than me. It's, it's wanting to be created through me. And I have to trust that I'm, I'm I'm partnered with the universe, right? I like to say, you know, my business partner is the universe. And although it's going to challenge me and, and kind of probably end up being something completely different than what I think, it's just continuing to show up and work through that and trust that this is, this is just bigger than me. And I think when any of us show up and ask the universe, how can I be of service? There's going to be something that you know, is birthed within you, that's going to call you to things bigger than you even had dreamed up for yourself. And, you know, I just continuing to move forward. I, I see also, you know, this, the amount of fear and suffering that's going on in the world. And, you know, just trying to trying to do my part to help people work through their stories and work through the program, you know, like, this idea of the metacognition, right? Like the thinking about thinking, most people think they're their thoughts are their emotions or the thing that comes up and triggers them or tells them they can't, they identify with that so much. And that's why a beautiful thing about meditation is like creating that, that separation, that distance between you and your thoughts and you're able to see them. And so when these fears and doubts do come up, I can, I can observe them and say, okay, where, where are you coming from? Where are you originating from? Why are you here? What are you here to teach me and be able to move through that? It's just such a, it's such a, beautiful way to be because then you're not so attached and it gives you a lot of space to really show up and then move through those stories. Did the, did the, did your team or people in the, in, in the NFL adopt that mentality of meditation? Did a lot, did a lot stick with it when the, when the people came in to pitch this as an idea, did many people welcome it? Did they stick to it? What was, what was it like being in, in that culture? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Not a lot, a lot of guys, it was like an optional thing. And only a very few number of guys, I think a handful of guys actually went to the meetings. And they had this app and stuff and downloaded the app and actually stuck with practicing it. And so there's a couple of my teammates that I was able to come to work and like, talk about the experience of like meditating and how it's helping. And, you know, I, if someone was really stressed out, like, have you been, have you been meditating? But no, it's really fascinating that it's not practiced more, especially when, you know, it's through the lens of trying to reach your highest performance, right? Because it's such a tool to help navigate all that stress and anxiety. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's a hyper-masculine, toxic-masculine kind of culture. And, you know, it's part of the reason that there's a lot of challenges. It's very egoic, egocentric, and it's not very, very heart-centered. And, you know, emotions aren't talked about. I don't think it's, you know, I think it's just a microcosm for our culture and society at large, right? Like as men, we're told, you know, to be tough and toughen up and, you know, don't show emotion. And so a lot of men, especially athletes are detached from their emotions. They don't know how to properly process them. 
And, you know, on my own healing journey, I've really connected with who I am on a deeper level, my emotions, being able to feel them fully rather than suppress them. And I think that's part of the work of the community I'm building is helping connect these guys with those deeper parts of themselves and being able to process and, you know, changing the idea of what masculinity, it's not necessarily we need like less masculinity. We just need more, a more mature masculine, right? And this whole idea, especially in American culture is, and I'm sure the world is this idea that, you know, a real warrior and this, and what it means to be a real man is this like idea of Rambo, right? Sylvester Stallone sitting up in the tree fighting 30 bad guys and going and, and, you know, working his ass off and killing them all and coming out victorious. And he did it alone. And it's like, that's, that's not what real masculinity is. And I've been thinking about this, you know, over the last couple months and trying to, to trying to realize like, what is it mean to be a man, be a warrior, to be a real like mature masculine. And it's to ask for help, to know that you're not alone. And a real warrior never stands alone, right? I like the idea of, you know, the story of 300, you know, and that movie is so amazing when Leonidas goes to the gates to fight the Persians and he, they hold off millions of soldiers. It's because, not because they're going out there and doing it alone, it's because they are so tied to the man next to them, right? And they have to rely so deeply on the man next to them. And so I think real masculinity is this collaboration, this doing it together, not this competitive nature, even in entrepreneurship, right? I, I, that's why I love, you know, even me and you getting to know each other, you've already connected me with two people to help me in my business. It's really, the world needs to shift into this more collaborative, unified state. It's not, it's not competitive. If you live in a state of abundance, there's enough for everybody. So why don't we all support each other on this journey to make the world a better place? Love it. What, it, what, cause I, I love what you're saying in terms of that's where, that's where consciousness is shifting. It's shifting from this. It's not even, it's not even, like I said, it's not too much masculine. It's just like an overdeveloped masculine where there's no, there's not a balance between the masculine and feminine, which is both in us. And mm. I, I don't know what it's like to be in that, that sport environment. I can just imagine the, 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 the ego and the, the competitiveness. And that probably gives us the entertainment that we all love, right? Which is that, that fire and, and people who are trying to, it's basically kill the person with the ball, you know? and fight through the challenge because we can relate with that within ourselves. It's mm. just when that becomes overdeveloped where you're, where you, you're pushing away the feminine and you're resisting emotion and you're not feeling what's already inside you, that it can be out of balance. And we can look at this from a soul's perspective and say, look, people are going through that journey so they can find that balance. And that's where you and the heart collective come into it as, as a community as well. Um, I'm curious to know when you were thinking about, leaving leaving the nfl and you let your family know and they had that identity wrapped up with like like my partner's an nfl star my 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 um you know my son is he plays nfl he's a football he's a professional football player and then when that was sort of taken away you, you obviously explained that it was it was hard for them um what was your thought what made you flow what made you follow through anyway and where are they at now with it how do they how do they feel about what your journey now yeah, it was, uh, it was challenging to, uh, to deal with that. I mean, there was, I had been feeling that for a while, especially with my, my, my parents. Um, you know, there's a lot of different stuff that, that happened. It wasn't just football, but I, I did have this resistance and a story in my mind that, you know, they just, they love me because I play football. Like who am, like who am I to them if I'm not an NFL player? And I remember I would bring, 
you know, I, when I was around my, my mom, especially, she would want my autograph and stuff and want me to sign stuff when I'm around her. And I'm like, it would just, it would trigger me because I'm like, I, like I'm here. Like you don't need my autograph. Like I'm, I'm your son, you birthed me. And so that having to deal with, you know, that, that distance of, you know, them not knowing who I am to them without being a football player. I remember before I hit the road, I was planning this great adventure across the country. I got my van and I got, um, I decided to do a little Christmas vacation for my mom and my family. So I got us a house in Breckenridge, Colorado in, uh, in February of 2018. And I'll never forget when I was there, it was just such weird energy between all of us. And my parents didn't ask me one question about my trip, about my van trip that I, it was very like public knowledge. I was about to hit the road in a month from that, that date. And they didn't ask me anything about it. And it was really, it was, it hurt me tremendously to know like, wow. And so it just created more distance. And, you know, I went through this journey of, of traveling and, um, you know, this is a long story with my parents, but it's been one of my biggest teachers. Um, and I've really deeply desired to reconnect with them. And so, you know, my journey ended up landing me in Austin, Texas, which they live in uh, San Antonio. They live in San Marcos now, which is like 30 miles south of here. And I remember when I came here, I remember having this story like, damn, I'm going to have to see my parents a lot because I'm, I'm moving to Austin and they're going to expect to see me. And I remember in that moment, I reframed it. And I said, because I, I asked the universe, I remember saying a prayer like, I want to reconnect with my parents, but like, how do I do that? And then the universe brought me to Austin. And so it was like, okay. And in that moment, I remember saying that literally to myself and I reframed it. I said, no, it's, it's not you know, a bad thing that I'm here and having to spend time with them. It's an opportunity to heal and grow that relationship. And so over the last year, the more I've hung out with them, they've been just such a perfect mirror for me because it started with me. Have, like I always felt unseen and unloved for who I was, but I wasn't seeing them or loving them for who they were, right? And so we're all just reflections, right? So it's the law of attraction. Who you are is what you're getting out of the relationships closest to you. And so I decided to show up and get to know them more. And a beautiful thing happened. I started realizing like who they were and what their story was and how they interact with reality. And that led to a deeper compassion for who they are. And that compassion led to gratitude when I was like, oh, wow, I'm really grateful for the way they are because it's allowed me to become who I am. And the more I was around them, I was just bringing awareness into the triggers. Like if my mom would say something, like I would feel the trigger in my body, like that heightened emotional state and like, like, wow, what is this? And it was just an awareness. And so I would just like, I'd breathe through it and I'd move the energy and it took a long time. But the more I went around them, those triggers happened less and less because I was able to realize this is me being triggered by what they're saying. They're not saying something to trigger me. And so it's my own story and in and the, and the lens in which I'm viewing this relationship. And so the more I was able to do the work on myself and move that, I've gotten to this point now where I show up and I literally cannot wait to hang out with them. I just spent the last week with them. There's this crazy weather storm that came through Austin and luckily they had power. My power and water was out. So I went and spent the whole week with them. And it's funny because I'll notice my mom say stuff that used to trigger me. Like it, she, she, but she's grown so much through just my own healing. Mm. But she would say something like every now and then that, wow, that used to really trigger me. And there's not any emotion or heightened trigger state in my body. And it's like, oh, wow, like I've been able to really heal that story within myself. And now I can really show up and love them. And the beautiful thing is, the more I love them for who they are, not trying to change them or shift them, they see me for who I am. And that loving connection has been reopened. Mm. And it's actually helped them heal 
indirectly, right? Because they're still, you know, very much trapped in their story. They're still in the Christian dogma and I'm showing up trying to help them navigate their own stories and their own programming. But it used to be, I was trying to change their beliefs by telling them something. And what I've realized, and this is why they've been such a good teacher for me in my life is there's no words we can use to change someone's belief. And even in this country, in the US, you know, the, the division between left and right and the politics, and it's just people getting these arguments and everybody talks about like, don't talk about religion or politics because it's just gonna create, if you don't have the same beliefs, it's just gonna create division. And that's because the words we use are not gonna shift anybody's opinion, but the way we can embody the loving presence and the person that we wanna be and the work that we show up and do on ourselves, people see that and that's how we heal others by healing ourselves and showing up and being able to fully be present with them and who they are kudos to you my friend that is not easy work it's <laughs> it's not it's easy work of my work. life <laughs> yeah it's it's not easy work to not only do it but to remember you know to that, that, that that's my next question but i can i can truly feel into everyone listening and knowing these truths, but not living them. Mm. Very, very clear that someone can intellectually know when I heal myself, I heal you indirectly. Or when I love you unconditionally, I'm loving myself unconditionally. Mm. And you can see this relationship or they can even, like you described, listen to the, the lessons. They are perfectly who they are for who I need to become through this. Like mm. we can intellectually know this, but for you to actually do it, for you to actually be triggered by your mom and go like, oh, there's a trigger here to be felt, you know, and to actually breathe with it, to actually feel it, to heal the, the, that inner wound that's there. That's not easy work to just remember, let alone to actually live it. So is, do you have anything in your practice or any advice for someone who's wanting to remember in the moment that when there's a trigger, there's something to be healed. Is there some, something, ways in which you think about it or some practices or some things that you do to remind yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, just like a sports analogy, like we don't just show up and play the games on Sunday, right? We practice countless hours to show up and perform. And so I think that's why it's really important to develop daily practices to work through and, and have an awareness of, you know, maybe when life's a little bit easier, so you're, when you're not in the triggered state, and the more you show up and practice, you know, I, I, my meditation practice is very strong. Um, I think journaling is one of the most powerful tools anybody can do. Just, just writing things down, being able to process stuff, you know, something really fascinating happens when you put pen to paper, you're, it's like, you're able to have a conversation with your higher self. So if you are triggered going back home, like, well, you know, just start with, I felt triggered today when I was around my mom. And then all of a sudden those stories start coming out on the paper. Like it's really, really quite fascinating. And when I'm in the moment, I think really the meditation practice prepares you for this and, and, and being able to have an awareness of your breath, but the breath is the anchor point into the present moment, right? It's the one thing, it's the bridge between the conscious and the unconscious. It's the only thing that we do unconsciously without even thinking about it. And then as soon as we decide, boom, I can focus on my breath and I can consciously choose how big I breathe, how fast I breathe, I can hold my breath. And it's not something I consciously need to think about, but I can all of a sudden become conscious of it. And so if we feel triggered in the moment, you know, the breath was a huge tool for me, being able to breathe. I remember this one moment with my dad and, you know, he's, like I said, he's, he's got this, these Christian beliefs and, you know, it's funny seeing 
they want to shift my beliefs and get me to, to be saved by Jesus, right? Because they love me so much and they have this fear of what's going to happen when I die. And so me and my dad, one of the things that we do have something to talk about is, is our faith and our, and our spirituality and his religious beliefs. And so I'd always bring these things up and it would always lead to this, this point where we'd get, I'd get triggered and def- he'd get defensive. And then I'd feel in my body, like that triggered feeling coming up and then he would go and then we'd start arguing and all of a sudden it would just create disconnection and we just would go our separate ways. And it was just a lot of like ugly, bad energy. And I remember one point it got to that point again, it was just me and him sitting at the coffee shop. And we, we got to the point where I felt that trigger coming up within me and he felt the trigger coming up with him, within him and within him. And it was unconscious obviously, but all of a sudden I became aware of it. And I remember just, I'll never forget this moment. I took a deep breath and I just, I let the energy go out of my body and I just, I didn't say anything, but I in, internally, I said, I love you. And I just sent my dad love. And in that instant, he's, he, he stopped and he's like, oh my gosh, Joe, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I, I'm talking about my faith and I'm getting angry and defensive. And I didn't have to say anything. It was the energy. Like I moved the, the, the defensive, you know, divisive energy. And I just like, you know, I just love you. And in that moment, he, he stopped. And ever since then, we've been able to have these conversations. And instead of them getting triggered, we've been able to set these kind of boundaries where if we feel that energy coming up within them and me being able to set my own proper boundaries, when I feel the energy and be like, Hey, it's, it's okay. I love you. Like we don't need to go there. It's come to a point where we'll get deep into these conversations now. And he'll be like, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Like I love you and you know, I'm good. And so me being able to set my own boundaries has actually allowed him to set his own boundaries. And now we just have this loving connection where we don't necessarily believe the same things. Cause that's not really the point. Cause we really don't know what the universe is, right? It's an ineffable experience. And anytime we have concrete beliefs about what it is, you're, you're creating divisiveness, right? It's about being curious and open to what the possibilities are. And so it's not about changing someone's beliefs because they don't know it's about loving them fully because that's really why we're here is to have these interrelated connections with other humans. The experience of other is, I believe, the reason that this whole experience exists. Because in, you know, the esoteric absolute and, and nothing like the, the duality that is this experience that was created had, I, I believe God was very lonely, right? Like this idea that when he was everything, just pure energy, loving energy, there was no experience of what love was or, or experience at all, because there can't be experience unless there's an experience of other. So this whole experience of duality was created so that we could experience others. So we could have relations. So we could experience love and all these other lessons that are provided through this life experience. And so it's not about trying to change others, but trying to really just connect with them and love them fully for who they are. Mm. Wow. And it's, it's going to come up. Isn't that right? Especially the more we follow our heart's calling and the follow, we follow our heart's journey, the, the amount of people that trigger us, circumstances that trigger us, different events that trigger us, as you're explaining, it's not our job to change it and defend yourself and anything like that. It's just your job to love fully. That's mm. really what we come down to. And the more you just love fully, as you say, that energy starts like, transmuting it's like it's like energy alchemy it's like the the fear and the doubt that is is driven by an inner wound is healed through love right mm. and i i'm in the practice of doing this daily as as everyone listening knows I, I meditate in silence a lot on a day-to-day basis 
and it allows me to every time there's a trigger or something happening within my business or my clients or the community, I am in the space of just being like, how do I send it more love? How do I just be, how do I just be more love in this moment? And you'll find that you can love even the triggers. You can love, you can have gratitude and love for the things that are coming up in you, the things that are emerging, the things that um, are helping you grow, helping you expand. And I'm totally on board. And a lot of people who are into spirituality and other esoteric topics will, re- will also agree with you in, in saying that you're here to experience the, the duality. Your, your soul expands and your soul grows through experience and recognizing, okay, if there's an experience here, if I'm in the NFL and I'm being called to something else, or if I'm in, if I, if I leave um, the NFL and then there's this conflict with my, with my family around identity and I, I just follow the road and just, and just go on this journey of just living day by day. All the experiences, just my soul's loving it. My soul mm. is expanding through these different experiences, which takes courage. And it also has develops your level of trust, right? Mm. Exactly all the things you're saying, because the more you trust and follow that uncertain path, you know, the more the, the more you're welcoming in different experiences. Mm. And I think the more people can live that way, it's very easy to understand it. Living it and taking those leaps is what's is, is, is the tough part. That's when you're actually understanding it. That's when you're actually, actually living it. So yeah, I think uh, everything you're explaining here, is there anything else that's coming up for you that you think other pe- people need to know who are listening to this topic? Yeah. I think just what you said, right? Like real faith is earned, you know, and, you know, the, the, the belief structure that I grew up in and, and that my parents have, you know, in Christianity, it's this, this idea of blind faith. And I always remember asking the question, why, right? And the question, why is religion's biggest enemy? Because a lot of the answers that I was seeking when, I, especially when I was younger, they, they couldn't give me an answer. It's like, have blind faith, like just trust, have faith. And that never really vibed with me. Like, how, like, how can I trust and have faith? Like it's, I don't know. And I truly believe that real faith is earned through experience. Like you're talking about, it takes the courage to go out into the unknown and realize, Oh, I am being taken care of by something greater than myself. I am being guided by something greater than myself. And the more you experience that, the more you expand, the more you grow, you're able to earn that faith. Mm-hmm. And when that faith turns into a knowing you become unstoppable because you are, you become a partner with the universe. You, you can directly ask, okay, what am I supposed to do in this moment? Okay, let me go do it. Let me go trust. Perfect. That's the tough piece. It's it definitely in the form of the more the more you experience and the more you, you it's it's like the universe, your higher self sending you signals that say, Hey, go down this path. And then the more you don't listen to that, it's not gonna send you any more, you know, guidance and signals to say where you go. You're like, you didn't listen to the first one. So mm. I'm gonna wait patiently and loving until you listen to that calling and I don't care how many nudges you need to take, you know, and the nudge turns into a punch that turns into a sledgehammer, (laughs) but you know, we're all being guided to something. And I think that's what's the underlying here that people who are listening can, can take away here. You can feel when you sit in silence or when you're throughout your day, you can feel you're being called to something and that's not going away. It will not go away, no matter how comfortable you make your life. You know, if you're just comfortable with your finances and just comfortable with your relationships and just comfortable with your health 
and everything's just super fine. Like the world doesn't work like that. The world you you are here to expand. You are here because you're on a on a soul's mission. It's different for everyone, but we're all on this mission. And the more you feel guidance and you feel a pull to follow that, you know, like you're saying, as soon as you jump on that journey, as soon as you leave that job or get into this relationship or leave this relationship or you know, serve in this way or just, you know, whatever it is, the more you just get the next step and then the next step and then the next step. And then you're like, oh, actually, this actually doesn't, you know, it doesn't bring up as much fear anymore. It doesn't take as much courage anymore. And I'm just, I'm just moving forward knowing that I'm looked after by something that's greater than my 3D self, mm. right? And then getting into a beautiful place where even, because it's not like we're saying that that journey and that step is going to be easy, right? Like the unknown, you might be faced with even harder challenges. The universe might give you something that says, hey, go do this thing and you go do it and it fails miserably. You say, well, what the heck? I, I trusted the universe. Well, what you got to find gratitude in that experience because the universe gave you that thing to maybe get you out of this experience so that it could lead you to the next thing, which is you wouldn't have gone towards that thing unless you went to this thing first. Mm. And so it's about expanding the lens in which you view reality. It's not it's not what's right in front of you. It's where are you trying to get to? And the journey that's going to get you there is all about the growth that is going to allow you to step into who you need to be to embody the thing that is being called towards you. Mm. That's huge. It's huge to look at that because we can, we can get into our mind very clearly and very easily when we say, Oh, I'll, I'll take my leap as long as I make money doing it right? Mm -hmm. Or I'll take my leap as long as this thing pans out the way my ego and my mind thinks it should pan out, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's not real trust. That's you following your, your mind, not your heart. And mm -hmm. so I, I love the idea of taking those leaps without conditions. If you, mm -hmm. if you leap without conditions and you're like, I know, even if I go broke, even if I lose my relationships, even if whatever happens, even if there's so much pain, my relationship to the pain will change because I know it's all happening for me. It's all on this guided journey and my mind's freaking out, but my mind's okay. I can heal those inner wounds that are coming up. But as long as you, it's just that divine path of following your heart full time without any conditions, without any expectations or assumptions as to what the outcome should be. That's when you start living this rich life. It's not, it's not that there's less pain, it's just that the pain has a different meaning. You have a different relationship with what's happening, right? It's mm. just so, it's just such a rich journey. Is that what you're finding now? What do you, what do you find the difference is between the way you live now compared to the way you were living in, in, in working in, in professional sports and, and, and living that life? Yeah. I've always had this, this innate trust that there is something greater than myself. Right. And that's why when, you know, I, was, I grew up in the Christian household, I always, you know, I always deeply desired a relationship with God, but I was told God is a man in the sky in this separate way. But realizing through my own experience that we are the experience of God having the experience. And so I've always had this trust and there's so many deep lessons through my journey, like I talked about earlier through football. I, I was challenged in a lot of different ways to trust. I mean, I lost my job a couple different times. I you know, my fifth year ended up working my way all the way back to becoming a starter finally in my fifth year and fourth game into the season ended up blowing my knee out, ACL, MCL reconstruction. And I remember getting carted off the field and that media was like, okay, this is happening for a reason. This is going to lead to something good. And that didn't, that didn't make it not the most challenging experience of my entire life. That one year was one of the most challenging years of my entire life. It confronted me with a lot of different stories, but 
there was this deep underlying trust that this is going to lead to something greater. And then I ended up getting cut from the Falcons and ended up going to the Buccaneers the following year. And I was just this deep underlying trust. It was a lot of grief, a lot of stories, a lot of pain, but I just said, okay, what, what, where am I being led? And I went to Tampa and I had a resurgence of my career, ended up becoming a starter there. And it was one of the most beautiful things. I'm so grateful that I was able to, to have an experience of going to a different team and kind of starting fresh. And so it's just been a deepening of that trust through experience. And when I hit the road and continued to head into the unknown, just magic kept happening. And even like I talked about with my entrepreneurial journey, like I'm constantly being confronted with the stories of why I can't, it's not, we're not going to be able to transcend, you know, a lot of people on the spiritual path is like, I need to kill the ego. I need to transcend the ego. First of all, you need the ego to have a sense of self to even have an experience. So anybody that's saying that is just doesn't really even know what they're talking about. So that ego is always there. And that's why it's really important to develop the tools and the practices and do them daily because that mind and that ego, I'll find myself if I don't meditate for a week or two and I'll start getting really stressed out or anxious. And it's such a subtle thing. I'm like, why am I so in this space? It's like, Oh, I haven't really found time for myself. I've got busy with life. And so it's like when life seems busy and starts getting like, I need to do more, need to do more. It's like, where am I trying to get to? That's the time when I need to really take some time for myself, find some silence and some quiet and get to know myself more. And it's the ego is that tricky. It'll, it'll creep in if you're not showing up daily to practice the tools to really connect with the heart, connect with the body. And that's the journey is continuing to find balance and navigate and become a partner with the ego because the ego can become a very great tool if we're the ones in control of it and we have an awareness of it and what it's trying to teach us. But when it when it's running the show, it can be very, very destructive. The dance, isn't it? Mm. It's the dance between following your heart and while you're doing that, being conscious of your ego coming up, but then simultaneously not judging or uh, you know resisting the ego, finding there's just as much God in your ego as there is in anything else. It's all there to serve you. Man, I love it. And I know I could talk about this for, for hours more, um, but before we finish up, I'd love for you to talk about the Heart Collective and I'd love to, for you to give an indication on where people can reach out to you to connect further. Yeah, thank you. Um... You can follow me on Instagram at joe.holly. Uh, the, the Heart Collective has an Instagram as well. It's the.heart.collective. Uh, you can listen to me on, I got two podcasts, Quantum Coffee, which is, we have these amazing conversations about the unanswerable questions of the universe. It's a really fun conversational podcast. And then I have Life Beyond the Game, which is uh, I bring on former pro athletes to talk about their transition. And that's more geared towards the community that I'm building. You can check out the community at theheartcollective.com. That's H-A-R-T, theheartcollective.com. And then my personal website is joe-holly.com. Amazing. So cool. Anything else you want to add to this conversation to make it feel complete that would, uh, you know, allow the listeners to, to wrap this up? Yeah. Um, what I've come to find is infinity and eternity is not something that takes place on a linear scale in both directions. Eternity can only live in the present moment, the eternal present now. And that's where infinity lives, right? And when, if, if you truly believe that we're infinite beings, then there is no rush. There's nowhere to really get to. So be patient with yourself love yourself, love what you're going through right now, because it's all a part of the journey. And it's like you said earlier in the podcast, it's not about the destination, because the destination, you're never really going to reach it because it's an infinite journey that's going to continue evolving. It's all about being present, 
and loving the journey that you're on and just, yeah, there's no rush. Take your mm. time. You got infinity to go. <laughs> Beautiful. I'll, we'll leave it at that because that's a, that's a big takeaway for people to sink in. But Joe, thanks so much for being here, my friend. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me, brother. That was a great conversation. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast. If you're a heart-centered business owner, you know that selling, marketing, and business strategy can bring up a lot of fear, doubt, and scarcity. And this is why I created the community on Facebook called The Serving Circle. It's in here where you get to grow your business as a byproduct of asking the question, how may I serve? It's on our weekly Zoom collaborative calls where you get to serve by meeting like-minded people and organizing collaborations, service exchanges, and partnerships so together we can heighten consciousness through business success. So just search The Serving Circle in your Facebook groups and you'll see that you're just one heartfelt collaboration away from reaching your biggest business goal. Take care now.